0: Because I'm down at the beach and can't get access to my email to get access to the show entries submitted by listeners, this is MuggleCast episode 45 for June 25th, 2006. Your number one source for all your internet needs, GoDaddy.com has new domain names, transfers, and renewals for as low as ninety nine. Plus, check out their hosting plans, website builders, secure certificates, and much more. Plus, as a MuggleCast listener, enter code Muggle, that's M-U-G-G-L-E, when you check out and save an additional 10% on any order. Get your piece of the internet today at GoDaddy.com. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the show. I'm Andrew Sims. I'm Ben Shane.
1: I'm Mike Atanabao.
2: I'm Greg and Porter. And joining, yes, <laughs> joining <laughs> us this week,
0: Greg Porter from... Where are you from? You're I'm, from MuggleNet. You uh, do some work on MuggleNet.
2: Yes, yeah, so I do things here and there.
0: Wait, you've been on the show before, haven't you? Yes. Once before? Yes. Uh, Soothe Babies, was that it?
2: Was
0: yeah. so- <laughs> <What's> that
2: <laughs> Soothe Babies, was that the episode?
0: I don't, know, I don't know. I'll take your word for it. All right. Before we do anything else... Micah Tannenbaum is standing by in the MuggleCast News Center with the latest Harry Potter news stories. The
1: British paperback edition of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince hit shelves Friday. If you'd like to purchase it online, you can do so at Amazon. That wasn't a shameless plug or anything. The American paperback edition of Book 6 will be released on July 25th. In an announcement Wednesday, Warner Brothers revealed that the fifth Harry Potter movie will be released simultaneously in conventional and IMAX theaters on July 13th. 2007. Speaking of Order of the Phoenix, Ain't It Cool News was at the New York licensing show on Tuesday, where a promotional banner for the fifth film was spotted. The picture depicts Harry holding his wand with Hogwarts in the background. Although this is a generic promotion for the next film, one major difference in this film appears to be... Dan's hair. Jason Isaacs, who plays Lucius Malfoy, recently did an interview with the Los Angeles Daily News, noting that he will be filming for Movie 5 in September and October. He also discussed why he enjoys playing the nasty character. I torture myself by always trying to be interesting and human on screen. Every now and again, it's great to be in Harry Potter and just rip it up and be as singularly evil and unpleasant as possible. Filming for Order of the Phoenix is expected to recommence next month. Yahoo has published a top 20 list of the most searched for rumors on the world's second biggest search engine. Rumors related to the seventh book in the Harry Potter series topped the chart, followed by Sopranos and X-Men 4. Earlier this week, TLC was able to capture the commercial for the Queen's 80th birthday party. The clip features Dan telling an owl, presumably Hedwig, to deliver a letter. The birthday bash took place earlier today and was aired on BBC. Finally, 24 com reports that J.K. Rowling will be receiving a Doctor of Laws degree to recognize her contribution to multiple sclerosis research. Joe was quoted in the article praising MS Research. I am extremely honored to be receiving this honorary degree from such a distinguished Scottish university with such a dynamic international reputation. Jo received her degree from the University of Aberdeen on july sixth at Marischal College. That's all the news for this June twenty fifth, two thousand six edition of Mugglecast. Back to the show.
0: Okay, thank you, Micah. Now wh- wh- where is everyone this week? What's up with these with these groups of people that Slackers. we've been putting together lately? Mm. They all quit. They're all holding out for money. And to that I say never no. Uh, Laura is finishing her finals this week. Kevin is sick. <laughs> and Eric is in England for three or four weeks. He is on a trip. Visiting his e-girl. No, classy. he's not. <laughs> it's no, he's. What is he doing over in England anyway? Anyone know? I told you. He's visiting his e-girl. Is friend. he wearing his robes? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I. I. He probably is. I'm sure he brought him with him. And uh, with Eric being gone, we're going to take a break from chapter by chapter for uh, at least three or four weeks, at least until he gets back, and then we'll start Chamber of Secrets. So it'll probably be right before Lumos or right afterwards, right after New York. Uh, And speaking of that, Lumos 2006 and Leaky Mug Live in New York City are both quickly approaching – Lumos Two Thousand Six is on July twenty ninth at the JW Marriott in Las Vegas, Nevada, at the Lumos Two Thousand Six Harry Potter Symposium, and our live podcast in New York City is after the after J.K. Rowling's second no 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 before J.K. Rowling's second book reading on August second. If I didn't already say that, uh, it's going to be around noon. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because we are encouraging everyone to go if they can come out. But we also want everyone to RSVP by emailing hplive at gmail.com. Or you can go to the all-new leakymug.com. Hopefully, by the time this show is out, that site will be out, leakymug.com. You might remember it's where uh, the Leaky Cauldron and MuggleNet.com hosted hosted our prank. It'll be a lot of fun, so everyone come out (laughs) if you can. I'm telling you right now, we're going to have a blast at both of these podcasts. So please come out and show your support. Also, help support the show by purchasing a MuggleCast t shirts Or 12. Or 12 of them. And those help support the show by giving us money so we can pay for flights and pay for food. So we don't starve to death at the live podcast. Heaven forbid. How are we supposed to podcast without food? <laughs> so, <laughs> thanks to everyone for helping us out. I like how I talk like this. I'm going to keep doing this. And every once in a while, we like to make a little public service announcement here on MuggleCast to get the word out on a little topic. Uh, This week, Emily, who is a MuggleNet editor who goes through the site and... uh, corrects all the grammar mistakes that we make because we are terrible at our english she wanted us to let everyone know about juvenile arthritis and i have a little thing from her she says a problem that arises with trying to raise funds for juvenile arthritis is that people don't realize that kids can get arthritis as well the child i worked with was only two when she was diagnosed and was in considerable pain it got to the point that she had to wear a neck brace to control movement and spasms a few months later the pain came back only this time it was everywhere even in her even in her toes and fingers. Being so young, she couldn't understand why her parents were unable to help her or why her toys gave her no reprieve. She's now four and has learned to adjust with the help of shots twice weekly. So the reason we're letting everyone know is that juvenile arthritis is still a serious problem. Even in little kids, you wouldn't think so because we always hear about it occurring in the elderly. We encourage you to visit mugglecast.com and look at uh, the show notes for this week's episode. And we have links to a few articles about juvenile arthritis and the problems it is causing. And finally, we have a super special announcement at the end of the show, so make sure you stick around because it is so big it doesn't even it's not even worthy of a position here in the regular announcements. It deserves its own segment. Now it is time for this week's voice rebuttal sent in by you guys, the listeners, called in by dialing one two one eight twenty magic. So here they are now.
3: Hi, this is Shoshana from Pennsylvania, and I have a few comments about last week's show. First of all, you talked about if and how the Ministry is influencing Percy. Something that caught my attention is that at the beginning of Book 4, Percy is working on a report on Cauldron Bottoms. Then at the end of the book, Voldemort emerges from a Cauldron. There seems to be a link, and it makes you wonder which side the Ministry is on. The next thing that I would like to mention is your comment at the end of the character discussion about meeting a girl. I personally believe that the Weasleys are descended from Roger Cressidor, so they needed a girl to continue the bloodline. Lastly, I would like to say something about spoilers. We all say that we try to avoid them, but at the same time, we watch movie clips before the movie is released, highlight the text on MuggleNet without really thinking, and look ahead in the book. In a way, it's just part of the experience. Even though I hate to be spoiled, I admit to that they do actually play an important
4: part in the fandom. Hi Mugglecasters, this is Lisa from Iowa. Um, I just had a rebuttal slash comment about Mad Moody. I remember in your last show when you talked about um, Moody, you talked about how you thought his magical eye came from the Ministry of Magic. However, in Order of the Phoenix, when Harry goes to the ministry and talks to Kingsley Shacklebolt, there is a bitch with an eye patch. And I thought that if she had lost an eye like Moody, the ministry would have provided her one too if they had provided one for Moody. Um, also, Moody did not have his eye patch when he was, um, in the first scene for, um, Harry and the Pences and double the Fire, but he did in the second scene. Thanks. Hi, I'm Muggle Cash. This is Jessica from Los Angeles, California. While well, listening to episode 44, I found it rather offensive when Eric and the others began wondering what well, anybody would ever have seven kids. I have several friends who have seven or even eight children in their family, and once you actually have such a large family... Each person becomes own individual, and numbers become irrelevant. In fact, despite the fact that they may not be wealthy, some of my friends even wish that their parents would have a night job. Maybe the losers wanted that kind of happy, relaxed family atmosphere. Thanks a ton, and keep the great shows coming.
0: All right, and those were this week's voice rebuttals. Now it's time for the listener rebuttals sent in via email. I have good news, everyone. Disney Dan emailed in. His real name is not actually Disney Dan. His real name is Dan Larson, 21, from sh- from Chicago. And he didn't include any more information with the pictures because it was late at night. I don't know. Maybe just the pictures were late. So thank you, Disney Dan, for clearing that up. Now we can all rest peacefully. Yes. Yep. And we have a new nickname for Micah sent in by Jack. <laughs> Micah, how do you like this one? The Bomb Bomb. B-A-U-M-B-O-M-B. It's- Jack wants to know what you think. It it has some potential.
1: I think we could work with that a little bit. What do you What do you guys um, think? You guys come up with nicknames for me all the time, so you know this.
0: This is... I think it's catchy. You do. It is. I like it. La 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 bomb bum. <laughs> <laughs> So we have bomb bomb, the labamba, <laughs> um, T bomb, T bomb, Micah Tan, Tanny. Uh, these are getting better and better. Every week uh, before we introduce you for the news, we will give you a new name. How's that sound? It's cool. If we remember. This rebuttal comes from blank, age blank, from blank. Thank you for including all your information, but <laughs> you'll know why in a minute. This person writes, Hi guys, I just finished listening to episode 44, and for the first time since episode number one, felt compelled to write in. I've admired the fact that you folks have taken the what some might call the moral high road, and have been have made the conscious decision to keep the language g-rated however this episode (laughs) it seems as if you decided to begin the transformation to a non-family friendly show Granted, it is your show and you decided its tone, but I think that most of us listeners have grown to believe that words such as bleep, bleep, or bleep don't belong on Mongocast. Please reflect back on your original intentions to keep the show clean and realize that that may have con- contributed in some small way to the great success to which you have so far been blessed. So yeah, guys, last week um, we there was a little bit more language than there was... Uh, in previous episodes and we have said in the past that there will be no cursing on the show to be honest with you i miss the one word that i will not say here on the show because it is inappropriate the word for some reason i missed it while editing i don't even know who said it but um we apologize if any younger listeners uh were surprised and got yelled at by their parents for listening to inappropriate content but we will not be doing that anymore um It was a little bit of an experiment, too, to see if it would help the show at all with the older audience. Um, But we're just going to keep it out altogether. So, I'm sorry. Next rebuttal. I hate to say it, but for the first time ever, I have been offended by something. Look at all these first times (laughs) I've been offended by something said on an episode of MuggleCast. Perhaps I'm just a bit too touchy about this, but it truly hurt me when it was implied that people who have many children are in some way unable to provide the full range of proper care for their children. There's more to this email, but uh, I'm not going to read it here. Um, So, end quote. And... This comes from Kimmy, and I would just also like to point out that we weren't implying um, that larger families cannot support themselves. This is not true at all. We were just making a reference to the Weasleys, and also when I said maybe all the Weasleys kids (laughs) were an accident, I was saying that jokingly, and I did not mean that that's how all families are. Of course, that's not true. That's not true for... uh, Large families cannot support themselves either, so sorry about that if we offended anyone. We got a few emails about that. And lastly, Carla S18 from Iowa wants to talk about napkins. Um, she wanted to clarify some of the discussion we were having last week about how J.K. Rowling were, uh wrote the original books, and she quotes an article here, and I quote, "...it was after settling in Edinburgh at the end of 1993 that Rowling began to write the first Harry Potter novel. She wrote in longhand on notepads in several Edinburgh cafes, most notably Nicholson's Cafe near Edinburgh University. However, the rumor that she scribbled the manuscript on the back of napkins, unable to afford paper, is untrue." Um, she admits that she was on the dole for six months during this time period, but denies media reports that she couldn't afford to heat her flat and escape to cafes for a warm place to write. During 94 and 95, she went back to college to get her teaching qualification that would enable her to teach French in Scotland. So that clears up um, some of the discussion we were having, although we did come to the conclusion at the end of uh, last week's show that she didn't write the entire books on napkins. That's just silly. Moving on <laughs> to some discussion this week, we want to talk about Book 7 Questions. Uh, we touched on this a few weeks ago, and now we're going to do some more of it. So, Micah, Hold on. take it away.
1: Alright, we mentioned this a couple of shows ago. Um, we talked a little bit about this editorial written by Christie, looking at the riddles from Goblet of Fire and wondering if they foreshadow anything into the final book, specifically the riddle um, related to the Black Lake and the riddle relating to the Sphinx. And I know you guys took a look at this editorial earlier, so you have a little bit of a better idea um, what she was trying to get across. But I guess we can start with the riddle from the Black Lake and just kind of seeing what you guys thought in its relationship to Sirius Black.
0: Are you talking about the riddle, the merpeople's riddle? Yes. Yeah. That she talks about? Okay.
1: Should we read it? You can. I
0: have it up. Come seek us where our voices sound. We cannot sing above the ground. And while you're searching, ponder this. We're taking what you'll sorely miss. An hour long you'll have to look and recover what we took. But past an hour, the the prospect's black. Too late, it's gone. It won't come back. So this editorial takes different lines of this riddle and... Uh, explains what each of them means in relation to basically Harry having to go into the veil and pulling someone out, right?
1: Right, or seeking somebody out to get information. from the veil. Yes.
0: So so the first part of the riddle, come seek us where our voices sound, we cannot sing above the ground. Uh, She talks about this in relation to Harry being unable to understand the voices uh, in the Department of Mysteries. And then the next part of the poem, and while you're searching, ponder this, we'll take, we've taken what you'll sorely miss, and the author uh, comes up with some ideas of who Harry's missing, Sirius, Dumbledore, and obviously his parents. Um, But then further on in the riddle, but past an hour, the prospect's black, Sirius bark, too late, it's gone, it won't come back. And this is sort of in relation to Harry or Sirius falling into the veil and he fell back into it. And the author goes on to say that maybe he could come back because he f- it wasn't a normal death. He fell into this veil. It wasn't like all the other deaths where he's hit with avada kedavra or, you know, some unfortunate accident.
1: Didn't she also argue that it's possible something could come up and he'll have an hour to go into the veil and right. seek out Sirius and either find out information, possibly even about his brother. And, you know, he only has a certain amount of time to do this. And if he doesn't Done. complete it in time, then, you know, he won't be able to retrieve the information that he needs. Right. Which I thought was kind so of interesting because um, this yeah. isn't something I've ever heard before.
0: Yeah, this was a very interesting theory, right, and she was saying that um, she was surprised it hasn't been really brought up before because um, the riddle involving the potions, I think it was, I, she made a reference to it, but I never, I couldn't find any more information on it. Do you know anything about that, Micah? What potions?
1: The, the ones Wait, from... The sorcerer's stone. Yeah, the room that he has to go to. Right.
0: Each different potion represented a Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher?
1: Yeah, I think I've heard something about that. I don't... Like you said, I don't...
0: That's I'm... what she made a reference to. Anyone else know about that? Greg? <laughs> I
2: I hadn't heard anything of it until I read this uh, article, so... Nope.
0: Basically, each post potion represented uh, each Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher. I guess with a... a i don't I don't even know <laughs> I tried looking it up, but I couldn't find anything.
1: That was just another example of how Joe had hidden things in
0: earlier books, or right, yeah, and so what she's saying is this the the Mer people's riddle could possibly uh, foreshadow what we will see in book seven because obviously it didn't happen in book five or six yet, yeah, it's very interesting, and we'll include a link in the show notes. Uh, so everyone can take a look at it and read it through. It's very detailed. She definitely did her research. Who's this girl? Kirsty E. R. It's her pen name. So um, another question we have here: What clues has Dumbledore left for Harry, if any, and will we see him or Sirius again? Go ahead, explain it, Ben.
5: I well, Joey here only mentioned that Sirius was given. Sirius gave Harry the two-way mirrors, and she said that it might hold more significance in the future books. So I don't know if it means that Harry will be able to communicate with him beyond
0: the veil, or what exactly it means. Um, but Will, will what about seeing Dumbledore again? Or what clues has Dumbledore left for Harry? I think that Dumbledore has, hasn't really left any clues for Harry because he told him everything he needed to know in book six. And basically he said, and I think he thinks that it's... It's Harry's time to figure this out all on his own, and I'm sure he has full confidence in him. Greg, what do you do? You think Dumbledore's left any clues for Harry? It's possible,
2: but it's one of those things that I mean, we have one book left, and at this point, I'm just thinking theories. Who cares? We're gonna read the next book, and it'll all be over. So I I have no opinion on that. I'll be a nice little politician here. <laughs>
1: Micah, has Dumbledore left any clues for Harry? I agree with with what you said. I think he taught him a lot, and it all depends. Really, this is what we were talking about yesterday. Um, if he had any time to plan before his death, and if he knew what was going to happen in the end, if he took any steps to leave certain clues for him behind.
0: But what what about what about Sirius? Anything else besides the two way mirror? I mean it's it's been a whole book now. And I think we would have seen something by now. I don't think it's just going to pop up in book seven.
2: When we're introduced to something such as anim- an animagus or something like that, we're given time to think about it. Such as in book one, we're shown about we're shown what an animagus is. In book three, we're given a lot of detail. So perhaps that is why book six had nothing to do that didn't tell you about the mirrors because she uh, wanted you to kind of think about it for a while. And then she'll throw it back in there in book seven. Because she does it a lot.
0: Yeah, good point. And that's really how the, the, the reason why this, this whole Harry Potter community with theories and speculation and groups of analysis and all that have really spawned because she gives us all this time to think about it. Rather than just at the beginning of the book, some new thing such as the two-way mirror pops up and at the end of the book it's already answered. She gives us time. That's the beauty of it. Thank you. I'm here all week. Next question. We wanted to revisit Horcruxes again. We talked about them a lot, uh, in the beginning of the early days of Mugglecast, as it was right after book six, and we were all like, (gasps) Horcruxes are so cool. (laughs) So, so now we wanted to revisit exactly what Dumbledore said when he listed where he thought, uh, they, uh, the final Horcruxes were, or all the Horcruxes were in Half-Blood Prince. Um, Tom Riddle's Diary, uh, Gaunt's Ring, Slytherin's Locket, Hufflepuff's Cup. So, what of Gryffindor's? What of Ravenclaw's and Nagini? So, what could it be of Gryffindor's, Greg?
2: Um, could it be the sorting hat? I think that's something yeah, many people have already come up with, but it could easily be anything that Dumbledore owned or just anything in the castle. Could, but It could have been, been the sword of God of Gryffindor, it could have been that mm-hmm. hat. It could be anything. Who knows? And since since Nagini was already a Horcrux, maybe it could be Fox. Who knows?
5: Do we actually know Nagini is a Horcrux?
2: Hmm. Well, we don't, but we speculate.
5: That's what everyone... Okay. One theory with the sorting has is when Voldemort goes into Dumbledore's office in Half-Blood Prince to interview for the Defense Against the Dark Arts teaching job, there's a, this there's a part where he has a flick of his wrist and... Maybe people think that he might have made the Sorting Hat or something in Dumbledore's office a Horcrux at that time. Oh,
1: interesting. But my question about that is, wouldn't he have just had to kill somebody in order to do that?
5: You have to see that. We don't know the process that goes into actually making a Horcrux, if you understand what I'm saying. We're, yeah, that's
1: a good point. We're, I was just assuming that somebody would have to have been killed and then... You'd have to do it immediately, as opposed to taking some time. But I don't think we know anything really about Ravenclaw. It's well, like it wolves. would
0: probably be, it would probably be like an artifact, wouldn't it? Because like we have Slytherin's locket and then Hufflepuff's cup. So from each house, it must be some, some important item of. It would Our... be something of in uh, Rowena's possession or was in her possession.
1: So you're thinking, <laughs> huh? So, something with like an R encrusted on it, or. I right. G- I guess it says here that Ravenclaw's symbol, um, judging from the Hogwarts crest, is a bronze eagle. So, maybe something that's lying around the school that. Right.
0: Now, as for Nagini, I mean, w- Nagini's not official, but the reason that everyone seems to think that it's Nagini is because uh, Nagini is Voldemort's. Giant snake that he's really attached to.
1: And that Dumbledore himself brought it up as a possibility.
0: And what else could be a possible Horcrux? What about Harry? What do you guys think about the whole Harry being a Horcrux thing? When he cursed him that fine day? JK Rowling said that Harry couldn't be a Horcrux. That's it was right. on our website. Didn't oh, oh, you didn't
2: say his scar sure? wasn't there, did she? Could some individual yeah, part scar. of him be?
0: Is, yeah, is the scar a part of him? part of him?
1: Well, one thing that works well for that is Dumbledore thought that Voldemort had only created six Horcruxes up until the night that the Potters were killed. So really?
0: That, yeah. I don't remember that. Like, when did he say that?
1: Somewhere in Half-Blood Prince.
0: <laughs> well, duh, but I mean, like... <laughs> I don't have a I page
1: number. I can try and find it, though. Alright.
0: Alright. Well, that's doesn't really matter. But,
1: um, the lexicon lists a couple others. And they're usually pretty good. One was the uh-huh. Basilisk from the Chamber of Secrets. And they like that because it is extremely long lived and well hidden. Or mm-hmm. it was, anyway.
0: True. Yeah.
1: And the other one was Wormtail's Silver Hand. Right after he killed uh, Cedric.
0: I don't know. It doesn't seem like. I don't that, like that I don't one. Like me neither, because Wormtail is Voldemort's assistant, and I don't think Voldemort has enough trust in him to have Wormtail actually protect a Horcrux. Would Wormtail even know it?
1: No, probably not.
0: That'd be a nice final debt to Harry, giving him the Horcrux.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. What will happen with Draco Malfoy? Because he seems to care for his parents very much, and he was scared and indecisive at the outcome of Half-Blood Prince. Can anything change his perspective about the war? I certainly do not think so. Because at this point, he is too corrupt to continue on as a normal wizard. Well, someone brought up the fact that Draco
5: is actually Latin for dragon... And, you know, they say you can't tame a dragon, so it makes sense for him so to go against So are you saying he's going to against a big dragon? <laughs> no, I'm saying that it makes sense for him to go against what his parents are saying because he can't be tamed. Ah, yes, Ben. He oh. could go
2: the other way, though. That he can't who's be tamed he s- by the good side. So.
0: Right. And who's, who is he going to side with on the good side? It's too late. <laughs> See, I don't know. I, I
1: tend to think that if something happened to his mother, he may react in a different way. Because even throughout the earlier books, you saw he has a very strong relationship with her. And I'm inclined to think that, you know, instead of killing him, if Voldemort kills Narcissa because Draco failed to do his task with Dumbledore, we might see him revolt,
0: potentially. I don't know. I just, I mean, back to my question: how would he, who would he side with on the good side?
1: Well, is Snape truly evil? I mean, that's that. I think that would
0: play a role in it. <laughs> okay, but if he sided with Snape, who's Snape going to side with? Say that three times fast. There's no one, and Harry's going to try to kill him anyway. Oh now, what role will the Ministry play, if any, in Book Seven? I think the Ministry too is is too corrupt to uh, possibly be involved with trying to kill off Dumbledore it, it's, especially since Lucius is in the ministry and Lucius is gonna Lucius now Lucius is in Azkaban now what am I thinking no, I am no, one uninformed fan didn't they break out did they, did Lucius oh okay well then but still Lucius has no opinion in the ministry of magic anymore he's no he has no influence I wouldn't think unless he threatened uh, Scrimgeour Greg what do you think what role is the ministry going to play?
2: It's hard to tell, and that seems to be my answer for everything tonight. But <sighs> I'm, my guess is not I much. I like it. My guess is not much. Harry's going to be really distracted, but unless Harry becomes a fugitive, I don't think much is going to happen with them. <laughs> they might just be a you know a fly in his face or something, or you know a gnat just like in his mm-hmm. ear, just something annoying him the entire time.
0: Like in book yes. six. Yep. I would have to agree. Um what did you mean by the question what's Scrimmjar's deal, Micah?
1: Well are we gonna see him at all or did he just kind of play out his role in book six? I mean with Fudge gone, I think scrimgeor brings a little bit more credibility to the role of Minister yeah. of Magic.
0: <clears throat> I think anyone who replaces Fudge brings <laughs> <any> more credibility. <laughs> Because Fudge was a, you know what, I would say it, but we're not on episode 44 anymore. Where will the final battle take place? I'm going to have to put it in a scenic spot. I'm going to say the Hogwarts Grounds. It would be very emotional for both Harry and Voldemort. What do you think, Micah?
2: Godric's Hollow.
0: Yeah, I was just going to say Greg. That. Ooh, Godric's, Godric's Hollow. Hollow would be an interesting That would place. be emotional too. Yeah. Yes. Especially since Harry hasn't been there since since his parents' death. That would be very emotional. Now it is time for this week's Gimme a Butterbeer segment, once again with Benjamin Shane. Take it away, Benny boy.
5: Well, I'd like to thank for everyone that for all the feedback I received on last week's topic. About Harry Potter spoilers. Thank you and remember to continue to send your feedback to ben at staff.mugglenet.com. This week's Gimme a Butterbeer is going to be different than the Butterbeers that we've had in the past weeks. Rather than myself going on a rant about, you know, some issue that's involved in Harry Potter, I'm going to bring up a topic and then open it up for debate and discussion with the rest of the group. We all know that each and every one of us likes to have our privacy. Just a few nights ago, the T- CBS's hit TV show, Big Brother, made its, season pre- made its season premiere. And sometimes for celebrities, it always seems like Big Brother is watching. Recently, we've seen several pictures of actresses and actors from the Harry Potter movies, and, and these images are indeed from their personal lives. I was curious to see what you guys thought about this, and whether it should be stopped. I'm Ben Shane. And I say, give me a butterbeer.
0: In some ways, I sort of think that um, the actors and actresses bring it on to themselves, because, especially when they are acknowledging the camera right there in front of them. You know, they're smiling right. or waving, you know. While, you know, while yeah, some... like,
5: like, I, like, like ben, I said in my commentary. Ben, I have not
0: finished my statement. <laughs> Please let me finish. <laughs> now I forget what I was saying. Oh, um... When they're doing illegal activities. And then these pictures get out. And then it's a whole big spiel. And then they wonder why they didn't get out of there. I ruined my reputation. But it's their fault
5: for doing it. Well, what I was trying to say is that it's one thing if their private lives are literally being invaded. And it's another thing if, you know, they're in a public setting and they're they're partaking in illegal activity. That those are two different things, you know. It it's a different if it's paparazzi than if it's the case where their friends take a picture of them and they may not like them and they put it online. Micah, Greg, Micah, Greg, Penny, what's up? Well, what do you guys think?
2: Frankly, I think if they're out in public, you know, I don't see I don't see why people would get so upset about oh, snapshot of you laughing.
0: Yeah, it's right. like
2: come on, who cares? I mean, if you're doing something in your house and somebody starts filming you from a window, then there's a problem, but (laughs) that's not the case here. So otherwise, I just don't don't see it as being a problem. When there's a camera in front of you, don't do something stupid. Yeah,
1: no, I agree with Greg. I think when you're out in public, you're a celebrity – that's unfortunately part of what comes with it. And there's always going to be cameras around. So it's kind of your own responsibility to watch what you do. When you're in private, if that's still going on, I I personally have a problem with that. I don't think that that's right. But, you know, if you're out and you're doing things that you shouldn't be doing and you get caught on camera, you got nobody to blame but yourself.
0: On the other hand, you know, people wonder why the paparazzi do it. And as Ben said in his Butterbeer, like, you know, why does the paparazzi do this and why are they. So into it. I mean, the paparazzi. The, this, these pictures sell. They sell big time. I mean, look in the recent headlines. Um, uh, uh, what, what's their names? Tom, uh, <laughs> you know, Sparks? you know, yeah, jumping on Oprah's couch. Uh, well, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise and and Kate. <laughs> no, 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 not those two. Brad Pitt and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm Julie? up on my celebrity. Yes. Yeah, those two. They sell they sold their baby pictures for what? Four million dollars? To to <sighs> yeah. to one of those tabloid magazines. It's amazing how these pictures sell and it's amazing how people are so obsessed with celebrities' lives because the this, maybe there's something in their in uh these normal people's real lives that they always cling on to celebrities so much. But it it sells and that's why the paparazzi he's so obsessed with doing this and it's a shame but
1: all you have to do is to learn and to see how badly they just want to take pictures is look at what happened with uh, Princess Diana and you know her life Mm -hmm. was taken as a result of it
5: they wrecked her car
2: alright well look at Britney Spears (laughs) that's all I have to say about that
0: (laughs) a clear parallel (laughs) white trash yeah no, Britney Spears is abused by this too, and uh, well, like she she's a, the...
2: Do you think she seriously doesn't know that people are watching her? Once she's stuffing her baby on the uh, corner no, of, ta- of like the takeout window, <laughs> um... dashboard.
5: <laughs> no, what I'm saying is, don't you think sometimes, like in the case of the recent pictures that we've seen online, that you know, there's no such thing as bad pu- publicity. Do you think that's true, Mikey? You're a media man. Do you think that's true? That they're still getting attention, whether it's good or bad. And some people, you know, particularly their fans, may like them more because they're doing the cool thing. Or
1: no, whatever. I think there are definitely instances where any media, no matter good or bad, it is still, in essence, a good thing because your name or your product or whatever is still getting out there. And, you know, a lot of times as a result of bad media attention you get people who write in you get people who respond to it and say or no this isn't the case or you know why are you doing that so and oftentimes people's attitudes can change as a result but i mean i don't know if it's necessarily the case with these pictures i haven't seen these pictures so i don't necessarily know what exactly was depicted in them
0: but i think there is such thing as bad publicity bad publicity can seriously affect someone and i can't, i can't really think of uh, someone specifically but I mean just if, I w- and I wish I had an example but you know one picture or two pictures could reveal something of an actor or actress that totally ruins their lives no that's definitely true Da-da-da-da-da. yeah okay <laughs> so that was this week's Gimme Butterbeer segment thanks again Benjamin now it is time for this week's voicemail questions They are back this week, thanks to Kevin finally getting his act together.
4: (laughs) Hi, I'm Michelle from
3: Florida, and I wanted to pose a theory on Harry finding the Horcruxes. If Voldemort
4: puts a piece of his soul into each Horcrux, one of which Dumbledore believed to be Nijini, and if Harry can legitimize his way into the fragment of soul once in Voldemort, and also Nijini during the attack on Arthur Weasley, could Harry use legitimacy to find the rest of the Horcruxes? by connecting with the other fragments of Voldemort's
5: soul? The answer is no, and here is why. The first reason is because in order to accomplish Legilimens, or however you say it, you must be able to make eye contact with the person and then be able to read their their thoughts and stuff that way. And it would be kind of hard for Harry to make eye contact with... A horcrux. And the reason that Harry was able to get into Voldemort's mind really wasn't legil- leg- Legilimens. It was uh, the fact that he had the horcrux, not the horcrux, excuse me, the scar on his forehead. So that's what allowed him to enter Voldemort's mind.
0: Not really Legilimens. Very well said, Ben. Next voicemail.
4: Hi, this is Klaus from Indianapolis, Indiana. In Hepwood Prince, Charlie tells her that she remembers Snape being thrown out of the hogs during her interview with Dumbledore. But if it were true, Snape only heard half of the prophecy, she shouldn't have remembered him at all. I find that very suspicious. Do you think there's something about that interview that Dumbledore never told Harry?
1: Thanks. Love the show. Bye. Wouldn't Trelawney know, though? I mean, she got interrupted, so obviously she's going to know who's outside the door, no?
0: Right. Well, she would look, I'd imagine. I don't
1: think Dumbledore... I think Dumbledore was completely honest with Harry once he he sat down and he told him everything that happened that night. I don't think he left any information out and yeah, I think once Snape got caught outside, you know, Dumbledore obviously opened the door or whoever opened the door and so that's why Trelawney knew that Snape was there.
4: Hi, my name's Tammy. I'm from a suburb outside of Chicago called The Plaines, And I was just wondering, you know, me being seventeen and loving Harry Potter and you guys are all around the same age, um, do you guys ever get made fun of? Because I know I do all the time. So love to hear you guys say. Love so, Bye. <laughs> Aw, welcome
0: to Andrew's world. <laughs> too bad Eric's not on the show. I'm sure he would have some he would, good stories he about would, this. He'd be able to
5: empathize with her.
0: To be honest, my answer is no. Because Mine I tell too. people about it and they say, that is cool, Andrew. Do you want to go do something? Well,
5: actually, that's not, that last part's not true. <laughs> but, uh, with me to like...
0: They're like, yeah, that's pretty cool, you know? Mm-hmm. You're famous, as they tell just me. <laughs> tell them, just tell them that you met the actors and that you work for the biggest Harry Potter fan site online and then ask us to put up a little fake bio about you on MuggleNet and then you can totally, totally trick them out and then they'll think it's cool. Micah, are you a subject of bullying? Well, you read a press release earlier, didn't you? <laughs> I read yes, that
1: too. That was, did. Just, that was that nice was pretty guy. funny though,
0: wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, Do you get bullied in the in work, the work office? office?
1: No, actually, there. Do you need a guidance there counselor? Are a lot of people around the office that like the series and like the movies. I don't think they really listen to MuggleCast, um, but uh, for the most part, I mean, everyone's pretty cool about it. I mean, I'll get the occasional joke and the occasional quip remark or something like that but overall
0: hey got a scar on They know your forehead? you work for They
5: they know that you uh uh with muggle casts and all that
1: yeah some of them do it's i th- there's a part of it on my resume so
0: oh oh really how about you greg
2: yeah. um when i wear harry Potter t-shirts to school I'll get some remarks like, Oh, you like Harry Potter? You're so immature. How old are you? It's like, Well, hey, you snaping crux
3: I can read. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm sure they love that comeback.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, guys. What's up? This is Bill New I'm a senior old, and I'm a country girl living in a California world. First of all, I'd like to say that Love at first Sight can be about a podcast, too. I'm dangerously in love with MuggleCast, and you guys are awesome. My question for you guys is about memories. When a witch or wizard extracts a memory from someone else, like when Slughorn removed his own memory about horcruxes from his mind, is the specific memory permanently gone from that person? Is it vanished from their mind to where they don't even know they experienced it? Or is the memory that is extracted more like a copy of the memory, so that person still has his or her memory? Thank you so very much. And Laura rocks my
0: socks. Laura rocks my socks, too. Okay, I'm pretty
5: sure that it's just... no, she doesn't. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that it's just a copy of the memory because that wouldn't make sense because Dumbledore has a lot of memories in his pensive. So that'd be like half his brain removed, and that just doesn't that just doesn't make sense. Yeah,
1: and in reference to Slughorn, I think when you look at what happened in Half-Blood Prince, when they're showing the memory from the pensive... Um, it's a distorted memory, but when Harry goes to talk to Slughorn, and he ac- he actually recounts everything that went on with Tom Riddle, and he tells Harry all about the Horcruxes. So, if it was it's just extracted, and then Slughorn, Slughorn wouldn't be able to recall anything, right? It, Dumbledore would have had the full memory himself, and Slughorn would have just been staring at Harry, you know, saying basically, "What the heck are you talking about?" So I agree with Ben. It's just a copy.
3: Hey, this is Jessica from Massachusetts. And first, I'd love to say that I love MuggleCast. It's amazing. And my question, I don't know if it's already been answered, but do you think anybody else besides Voldemort has horcruxes? Hey, thanks. Bye.
5: I think it's pretty odd. I bet that someone else had to have done it before, just that it really wasn't that common. I don't know. Maybe they knew the the magic existed and that someone's experimented with it. But I doubt anyone was really ever using it on, along the same lines that Voldemort was, which was to achieve immortality and basically stay alive forever. I doubt there's really been any evil wizard that's done it before. Because I bet there there are some – you know, it's kind of like drinking unicorn blood. You, you end up with a cursed life. I bet there's something that's bad that happens. You,
1: you have a few lying around, you. don't you, Ben, just for safekeeping? A few horcruxes.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: I have One, a few three, pints four. of unicorn blood in my fridge, but that's besides the point. <laughs> oh, <Probably>,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can sell it on eBay. Oh, that would be a great MuggleCast fundraiser. <laughs> no? Nothing? Oh,
2: gosh, have you seen the uh, Horcrux, uh, like, a, like a official Horcrux on We're, eBay? I think
0: I remember that. I think we posted it. <laughs> we suckered. Yeah. We suckered in and off. Uh, well... Now it is time to do another This Week in Potter, as it is now the summer months here on MuggleCast. A lot of things have happened involving uh, the Harry Potter books and films over the summer, so it is only right that we do another This Week in Potter. This week on July... or no, sorry, June 29th. Was it June 29th? I should have my links open. I'm a bad host. Harry Potter, the title of Harry Potter Book 6 was released to the world... By J.K. Rowling herself, all because of the Pillar of Storage. What originally happened was the rumor uh, s- someone posted on the forums claiming that they were just uh, clicking around the site and they ran into something to unlock the Room of Requirement. And then he got the title of Book Six along with a little explanation from Joe. Long story short, uh, J.K. Rowling made a post in a rumor section saying Book Six is called Pillar of Storage. Well, that was that was the rumor, and then she says, "I'm trying very hard not to feel offended that anyone thought this was possible." Storage for crying out loud! Come on, people, get a grip. Well, a, a video got out too of him unlocking it, and that's when people started believing it. But then there was some uh, skepticism because uh, the writing wasn't exactly Joe's style, and some of it was written yeah, in English. Yeah, the grammar is right. stuff. Right.
5: Hey, Greg, Greg, didn't you rush and buy Harry Potter and the Pillar of Storage.net or something? <laughs> Wasn't
2: that you? No.
5: I could have sworn that. He just you. doesn't
2: want to admit it. Well, I almost, I actually almost did, but right before I did, the real title came out. Oh. <laughs>
0: and then you went and, and...
2: I tried to, I tried to buy HalfBloodPrince.com, but it was taken. do <laughs> you wonder oh, why? <laughs> In every form. There was HalfBloodPrince.com. TV.us, everything was taken.
0: It's a, it's a shame. We actually had planned for Matthew Vines to be on the episode this week, but then we had to change the recording date, and then he couldn't make it. But he actually wrote the post on MuggleNight.com explaining why um, th- this Pillar of Storage wasn't uh, the title. Like, he had several reasons why. Um, because there was so much... the The, the community just burst... With this excitement and all this theorizing and speculation and all that. And then Joe made a nice long explanation when she announced the real title. Saying, I was delighted to see that a hardcore of super bright fans knew that the real title was once, in the long distant past, a possibility for Chamber of Secrets. And from that deduced that it was genuine. Certain crucial pieces of information in Book 6 were originally planned for Chamber of Secrets, but very early on... In the first draft of Chamber, I realized that this information's proper home was Book 6. I've said that before, now that Chamber holds some very important clues to the ultimate end of the series. Not as many as 6, obviously, but there is a link. End quote. So, I wanted to talk about a little something else now uh, relating to titles for Book 7. It was noted that Harry Potter, and this is very, very, very debatable... Um, it was noted that Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince was actually trademarked in the U.K. Patent Office back in 2003, and Joe made this announcement a year later. And the reason that Warner Brothers, uh trademarked that name and so many others that I'll get to in a minute is so that they can have the rights to them in case the title would leak for some weird reason, and then someone else would have access to that domain name www.harrypotterandthehalfbloodprince.com uh, for movie purposes and for printing and publishing purposes. So, I went today onto the UK Trademark and Patent Office websites and I went and looked up all the trademarks under Harry Potter and they're all under Warner Brothers and there's many on Harry Potter just the phrase Harry Potter. And there were a lot of titles that Warner Brothers trademarked back in 2003. And it's interesting now, because coming back three years later, you'll see that 15 of these titles have been, their trademarks were withdrawn. And the reason that Warner Brothers uh, trademarked additional names was to throw people off. And if they only did one, such as Half-Blood Prince, then everybody would immediately make the connection that that was the next title. However, there are three titles that are still registered, and mind you, 15 of them have been withdrawn since they were patented in 2003. And those titles are Harry Potter and the Alchemist's Cell, Harry Potter and the Chariots of Light, and Harry Potter and the Periods of Fermat. So I ask you, fellow Mugglecasters, could any of these three titles possibly be the title to Book 7? I hope not. Why not?
2: I really hope not. Those titles are horrible. Well,
0: couldn't Couldn't you say that about uh, any of the other titles before you knew the the, the plot? Like Chamber of Secrets? Doesn't that sound kind of corny?
2: Well, it sounds better than, you know, the Pyramids of Vermont. I think... What the heck does that have to I do with I think Alchemist
0: Cell would, uh, would, could possibly make sense.
2: Yeah, but the only alchemist was Nicholas in... Nicholas Flamel. Yeah, he was the only alchemist in... First book. This doesn't seem so likely. I don't like the title personally. Personally, I don't like that.
0: What do you think, Micah?
1: I like the second one. If I think if any of them were going to be used, it'd probably be that one.
0: Chariots of Light. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, the the reason that these three are still registered, I would think, is that well, first of all, you don't you don't register just one that nobody knows about yet, because then it's a sort of a dead giveaway. Um, you would register. You would have a few of them patented to, to throw people off. So I think it is very possible and feasible that one of these titles are of book seven and if it is true because we do know that jk rowling has already uh settled on a title then you can all come back to me and say you rule
2: i'm afraid people are going to look at this and think oh andrew said this therefore it's <laughs> correct
0: i think people are going to start spreading it around the internet
2: this is- Seven Harry Potter books.
0: Oh, <laughs> oh my God. It's my crackpot theory, and gosh darn it, I think it has some credibility. Which one? Which title? Oh, any three of them. Any of the three. I don't. Well, if you if you don't like these those titles, what if I tell you about some of the other titles that were, were rejected? Well, this would be interesting. You'll love these. Harry Potter and the Realm of the Lion. Harry Potter and the Serpent's Prince. <laughs> Harry Potter and the Serpent's Revenge. Harry Potter and the Shadow of the Serpent. <laughs> Harry Potter and the Tower of Shadows. Ooh, here's a good one. Harry Potter and the Hogsmed Tomb. Harry Potter and the. I'm Ho- waiting for Harry. Huh? I'm just waiting for Harry Potter and the
2: Temple of Doom. <laughs> <laughs>
0: there's there's one called Harry Potter and the Curse of the Dementor. I like this one. This one doesn't make sense. Harry Potter and the Parseltongue Trophy. Could there be some sort of contest? Whoever can speak the best parcel tongue? Harry Potter and the Mudblood Revolt. Sounds like Hermione's going to be uh, attacking. Leading that one. Yeah. And Harry Potter and the Battle for Hogwarts. There's a total of 15 of them. Mind you, these were all withdrawn, so <laughs> Warner Brothers does not have these trademarks, so there's very small <laughs> chance that these would actually be used. Now it is time for the big announcement that we promised at the beginning of the show. Ladies and gentlemen, this is going to change the way Harry Potter podcasts are done. I'm so excited I can't even say it. Starting next week with episode 46, we will be premiering... I hope you're all sitting down, because you're all going to pass out. MuggleCast Live! (laughs) Andrew. Andrew. But Andrew. Yes, Ben. What exactly does Mugglecast Live entail? Mugglecast Live means we are going to a new location every weekend, (laughs) every major U.S. city, and we're going to podcast from there live.
5: Okay, what is it? Just kidding.
0: (laughs) What it really means (laughs) is at least with next week's episode, we will be doing live shows over the internet, meaning that. Close to 100 people will be able to listen in as we record the show live. And you will not only be able to just listen, you will be able to participate because in replacement of our voicemail segment, we will be taking calls from those who are in our, in our live MuggleCast SkypeCast room. And, even better yet, we will be taking live feedback throughout the entire show. You will be able to write in to us and uh, say what you want to relating to a topic that we are talking about at that moment, and we will read your feedback live on the air. This is going to change the way we do our discussions because now everyone who is listening will also be involved. And we're going to go change into a little live show format. We're still going to have the same great segments that we bring you every week. But ladies and gentlemen, we're going live. Are we do this every week or just this one week? Uh, well... I don't know. <laughs> We're going to try... I think we should try to do it every week. Um, but we got to see how this one goes. And then, you know, based on that, maybe we'll just do it once a month or every other week or something like that. So our first live show next week uh, will be Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. You must have Skype and... Um, There are these new things called Skypecasts where you can fit up to 100 people in a room. And, of course, everyone who's listening in will be muted, but us five will be the um, the only ones talking. Uh, And we will have a live feedback system set up so you can send in your feedback as we are doing the show and we'll read it on the air so you can basically drive our conversations just by giving us some good feedback, like like a rebuttal, sort of. Full details can be found at mugglecast.com. Just click on the live tab, and then we have a page full of great information. We cannot wait to do this. I know I'm really excited. I'm sure Ben and everyone else Oh, I am pumped. Too. This will be pretty cool. This is – it is – it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, we're going to take a break, quick break, about halfway through. It's, this, it, we're gonna, this is going to be it, unprecedented
5: gonna, in, a, in Harry Potter podcasting. It
0: yes, it is. And we're going to – Um, if, if it goes well, we'll, we'll try to do it every week. I'm sure there's going to be a week or two, um, where we won't be able to do it live, but this is going to be a lot of fun. Um, one recommendation that I have for you that will probably not be on the website is you must get in the room quick because (laughs) we're going to have, I would guess, at least 500 people trying to get into this live room, but we can only fit about 95 people. Um, eventually... If it's a big enough success, we'll maybe we'll find a way to broadcast it over a stream so we can have as many people listening as we want. But for now, we're going to have to do it over Skype. Um, and that's that would also cost a lot of money. So MuggleCast Live next week starting at 7 p.m. Eastern. We'll record for about eh, a little under two hours. And Jamie will be back. And so will Laura. And it's going to be... Me, Ben, Laura, Jamie, and then either Micah or Kevin. If Kevin's still dead, then it'll definitely be Micah. Micah, are you pumped? Are you
1: even <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm ready, man. Let's go.
0: <laughs> let's go? Okay, let's do it right now. Uh it's gonna be a lot of fun, so please check out Mugglecast.com for more information. Uh, we'll wrap things up this week with a chicken soup for the Muggle cast soul. This one comes from Melissa, 13 of New York. She writes, hey guys, hate the show. Not just kidding. I love the show. Anyways, I have a story of myself for your chicken soup segment, and I didn't know by what means to submit it, so anyway, here it is. I really adore Harry Potter, but none of my friends enjoy it to the extent that I do. It is very lonely when you feel like you're in your own little world when it comes to personal interests. At least I had my mom to confide in, who was very welcoming of my attitude towards these books. Unfortunately, she passed away in a car accident in September 2005. I felt more alone than ever. This is when I discovered MuggleNet and through MuggleNet I discovered MuggleCast. Just hearing other people like yourselves voice my feelings and thoughts about HP made me feel less alone and I actually felt bold enough to get a couple of my friends into MuggleCast as well. Thank you MuggleCast for removing much of my lonely feelings. After my mother's death, I am forever grateful. Isn't that a nice story? Touching. It was very that was touching.
5: very, very, very touching, Andrew.
0: And um, she also included a fun rap that I've been looking forward to to uh, rapping all week. She says, also, I don't know if you guys get this all the time, but I um, sort of kind of made a rap <laughs> about gas. Stop laughing. LOL. Anyway, here it is. Oh, and my internet name is Nixie, so that's why I use it. So, Greg, you want to give me a good beat here so I can uh, do this rap? Sort of like a... Psst. No, no, it's gotta be like.
1: Mike, can you I do can't it? I
0: can do that. I'm sorry.
1: Can I give you a beat?
5: Like, yeah, like. Yeah, like that. Then <laughs> you do it. <laughs> do that, just that, over and over again. Yeah.
0: Start. One, two, three, four. <laughs> Yo, yo, it's Nixie. She be rockin' the mic and MuggleCast's show that everybody's gotta like. No theory is safe when it comes to this show. Harry Potter speculation shows what you know. Character discussion and chapter by chapter. These people are my homies from here on after. The show gets funny with Andrew and Ben. No theory Laura makes isn't a gem. Our favorite Brit, Jamie, has the joke of the day. And Michael with the news got so much to say. Dumpster diving Joe. And Jamie's got the process. Andrew's got on one show. And they call it Andrew Less. Spying on Sparts, But he's no fun. I want to listen more when the show is done. Foreshadowing is fake, 'cause Because Joe knows what she's doing. With the Horcruxes. Mafoy, and Potion brewing. The Weasleys and Harry. Hermione too. They talk about it all. Magically doing the do. You guys are so intelligent. So funny and sweet. Every week, Muggle Cast is an awesome treat. Woohoo! What's yep, up? <laughs> oh. Yeah!
2: <laughs> hey, and. Alright, uh, we're not gonna so, let Andrew. Uh, so we thank can't you, let Melissa, rap aka anymore. Nixie. We have to stop Andrew from rapping because he might leave Muggle Cast if, ke- if he keeps doing this. He's too good at it.
0: <laughs> I might pursue a career as Eminem. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that wraps up Muggle Cast 45. Next week, Muggle Cast Live, episode 46. For those of you who want to listen in and participate in our all-new show, please be on Skype by 6.30 and try to get in the room when it opens promptly at 7 p.m. Only 95 people will be allowed into the room. So if you can't get in, we're sorry. Give us money so we can afford a stream.
5: And <laughs> just remember, that is not our rule. That is Skype's rule. We do, we do not decide. Yeah, that. so
0: either email Skype or give us money. Or oh here here you go. If anyone is able to provide us with a server to stream the show live, I mean a serious server, not these 595s from you know GoDaddy or whoever. Although these are great muggle. for web hosting. Uh, email us. Sure. Make fun of the sponsor. <laughs> I'm not making fun of the sponsor. I'm just saying they they don't stream audio. Um, they are a great sponsor. I host my website andersons.com through them. That was easy. And that's my easy button.
5: And I use benshane.com. That's my domain registrar. There you go. And
0: horkery.com. There you go. Visit com today. You <laughs> should trademark that. All right, so that does it for episode 45. Once again, I'm Andrew Sims. I am Ben Shane. I'm Mike Itatabell.
2: And I'm Greg Porter.
0: We'll see you Wednesday if you're listening live. If not, we'll see you next Sunday. Goodbye, everyone. Buy a shirt <laughs> Thank you, Greg. <laughs> Twelve of them.
4: This is KT from South Texas, more specifically Houston. I'm just calling to let you guys know that I have been in <laughs> a computer hell for the past couple of weeks because my external hard drive crashed and I lost all of my sound files for the past however long, including all of your episodes. But I was able to get them all back and the uh, time that I spent getting them all back was made all the more enjoyable by the fact that I was able to listen to all of them all over again. It was awesome. So I'm looking forward to the next time you guys uh, put on another show and I will listen until you stop, which hopefully will be never. Keep it up guys. I love you you all including you, Andrew. Yeah! Yeah! (laughs) Bye y'all. Hey Mugglecasters, this is Katie. I'm an American in the Czech Republic and I'm calling on behalf of all the Hufflepuffs from the MuggleNet Fan Fiction Beta forums. We'd just like to say that we really, really love you guys and that you really make our week every time you put out a new Mugglecast. Um, We'd like to give a special shout-out to Laura because, as she should probably know, we all love her very much and wish she could be around the forums a lot more often. Thanks, you guys. Bye. Hey, Cast, This is Rebecca from California. I love the show. Okay, especially Ben. Okay, bye. Hey, Cast, This is a shout-out to all those who won the official MuggleCast Wear Your T-Shirt Day contest. And I just want to say that I love your show. And um, that's it. Bye. Bye.